As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Hello friends, I'm Rick Warren and welcome to Spurgeon's Sermons. This is the official podcast brought to you by Premier and Spurgeon's College. You know, the teachings of Charles Spurgeon have had a personal impact on my life in a profound way and I'm confident they'll do the same for you. So get ready to be challenged, equipped and guided by Charles Spurgeon who is universally regarded as the greatest English preacher in the history of the church. Silver Sockets or Redemption the Foundation, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, part four. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them when thou numberest them. This they shall give every one that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is twenty gerahs. And half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Every one that passeth among them that are numbered from twenty years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. And thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. Exodus chapter 30 Verses 11 to 16. A becker for every man, that is, half a shekel, after the shekel of the sanctuary, for everyone that went to be numbered, from twenty years old and upward, for six hundred and three thousand and five hundred and fifty men. And of the hundred talents of silver were cast the sockets of the sanctuary, and the sockets of the veil an hundred sockets of the hundred talents, a talent for a socket. Exodus chapter 38, verses 26 to 27. I beg you to observe in connection with our text that as the foundation of the tabernacle was very valuable, so our Lord Jesus as our Redeemer is exceedingly precious to us. His redemption is made with his precious blood. That redemption money was of pure and precious metal, a metal that does not lose weight in the fire. The redemption of the soul is precious. 
what a redemption price hath Christ given for us. Yea, what a redemption price he is. Well did Peter say, unto you that believe, he is precious. Silver and gold are not to be mentioned in comparison with him. To me, it is very instructive that the Israelites should have been redeemed with silver in the form of half shekels, because there are many who say these old-fashioned divines believe in the mercantile idea of the atonement. Exactly so. We always did and always shall use a metaphor which is so expressive as to be abhorred by the enemies of the truth. The mercantile idea of the atonement is the biblical idea of the atonement. These people were redeemed, not with lumps of uncoined silver, but with money used in commerce. Paul saith, Ye are not your own, ye are bought, listen, with a price, to give us the mercantile idea beyond all question. Bought with a price is doubly mercantile. What say you to this, ye wise refiners, who would refine the meaning out of the word of the Lord? Such persons merely use this expression about the mercantile idea as a cheap piece of mockery, because in their hearts they hate atonement altogether. And the idea of substitution and expiation by vicarious sacrifice is abhorrent to them. Therefore hath the Lord made it so plain, so manifest, that they may stumble at this stumbling stone, whereunto also, I think, as Peter writes, they were appointed. To us, at any rate, the redemption price, which is the foundation of all, is exceedingly precious. But there is one other thing to recollect in reference to Christ, namely, that we must each one view him as our own. For out of all the grown-up males that were in the camp of Israel, when they set up the tabernacle, there was not one but had a share in its foundation. We read in Exodus chapter 35, verses 25 and 26, And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands, and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. The men could not spin, perhaps. They did not understand that art. But every man had his half shekel in the foundation. I want you to think of that. Each believer has a share in Christ as his redemption. Nay, I dare not say a share in him, for he is all mine, and he is all yours. Brother and sister, have you by faith laid hold upon a whole Christ, and said, He has paid the price for me? Then you have an interest in the very fundamental idea of Christ. Perhaps you are not learned enough to have enjoyed your portion in certain other aspects of our Lord. But if you are a believer, however weak you are, though you are like the poor among the people of Israel, 
you have your half shekel in the foundation. I delight to think of that. I have my treasure in Christ. My beloved is mine. Do you say he is yours? I do not deny it. So he is. But he is mine. If you deny that fact, we will quarrel at once, for I do aver that my beloved is mine. Moreover, by his purchase, I am his. So am I, say you. Quite right. I am glad you are, but I know that I am his. There is nothing like getting a firm, personal hold and grip of Christ. My half-shekel is in the basis of the tabernacle. My redemption money is in the divinely glorious building of grace. My redemption is in the death of Christ, which is the foundation of all. Time fails me, and yet I have now a third thought to lay before you very briefly. The tabernacle was a type of the church of God as the place of divine indwelling. What and where is the church of God? The true church is founded upon redemption. You may be in the church of England or of Rome. You may be in this church or some other. But unless you are joined to Christ, and he is the sole foundation upon which you rest, you are not in the church of God. You may be in no visible church whatever, and yet if you are resting upon Christ, you are a part of the true house of God on earth. Christ is a sure foundation for the church, for the tabernacle was never blown down. It had no foundation but the talents of silver, and yet it braved every desert storm. The wilderness is a place of rough winds. It is called a howling wilderness. But the sockets of silver held the boards upright, and the holy tent defied the rage of the elements. To be united to Christ by faith is to be built on a sure foundation. His church will never be overthrown. Let the devil send what hurricanes he may. And it was an invariable foundation. For the tabernacle always had the same basis wherever it was placed. One day it was pitched on the sand, another on a good piece of arable land, a third time on a grass plot, and tomorrow on a bare rock. But it always had the same foundation. The bearers of the holy furniture never left the silver sockets behind. Those four tons of silver were carried in their wagons and put out first as the one and only foundation of the holy place. Now the learned tell us that the 19th century requires advanced thought. I wish the 19th century was over. I have heard it bragged about so much that I am sick of the 19th century. We are told that this is too sensible a century to need or accept the same gospel as the first, second and third centuries. Yet these were the centuries of martyrs, the centuries of heroes, 
the centuries that conquered all the gods of Greece and Rome, the centuries of holy glory, and all this because they were the centuries of the gospel. But now we are so enlightened that our ears ache for something fresh, and under the influence of another gospel which is not another, our beliefs are dwindling down from Alps to anthills. You will want a microscope soon to see Christian faith in the land. It is getting to be so small and scarce. By God's grace, some of us abide by the Ark of the Covenant and mean to preach the same gospel which the saints received at the first. Fourthly and lastly, I think this tabernacle in the wilderness may be viewed as a type of the gospel, for the gospel is the revelation of God to man. The tent in the wilderness was the gospel according to Moses. Now as that old gospel in the wilderness was, so must ours be. And I want to say just two or three things very plainly and have done. Redemption, atonement in the mercantile idea, must be the foundation of our theology, doctrinal, practical and experimental. As to doctrine, they say a fish stinks first at the head, and men go first astray in their brains. When once there is anything wrong in your belief as to redemption, you are wrong all through. I believe in the old rhyme, what think you of Christ is the test, to try both your state and your scheme. You cannot be right in the rest unless you think rightly of him. If you get wrong on atonement, you have turned a switch which will run the whole train of your thoughts upon the wrong line. You must know Christ as the Redeemer of his people and their substitute, or your teaching will give an uncertain sound. As redemption must be the foundation of doctrinal divinity, so it must be of practical divinity. Ye are not your own, ye are bought with a price, must be the source of holiness and the reason for consecration. The man that does not feel himself to be specially redeemed from among men will see no reason for being different from other men. Christ loved his church and gave himself for it. He who sees no special giving of Christ for his church will see no special reason why the church should give herself to Christ. Ah, brethren, and not only our theology, but our personal hope. The only gospel that I have to preach is that which I rest upon myself who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. For the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. O oh, dear hearers, build on that and you will never fail. 
But if you do not take Christ's redemption as the foundation of your hope, I do not care who you are. You may be very learned, but you know nothing at all. The Lord make you to know that you know nothing, and then you will know something. And when you have learned as much as that, may he teach you the redemption of his Son and reveal Christ in you. This, beloved, is henceforth the burden of our service and the glory of our life. Those silver sockets were very precious, but very weighty. I dare say the men who had to move them sometimes thought so. Four tons and more of silver make up a great load. O oh, blessed, blissful draught, to have put the shoulder to the collar, to draw the burden of the Lord, the glorious weight of redemption. My soul, blessed art thou to be made a labouring ox for Christ, ever to be bearing among this people the divinely precious load of the foundation which Christ has laid for his people. Lay this silver foundation wherever you are. Aye, but though the ingots were heavy to carry, every Israelite felt proud to think that that tabernacle had a foundation of silver. You Amalekites out there cannot see the silver footing of it all. You Moabites cannot perceive it. All you can see is the badger skins outside, the rough exterior of the tent. You say, that tent is a poor place to be a temple. That gospel is a very simple affair. No doubt it is to you. But you never saw the silver sockets. You never saw the golden boards. You never saw the glory of the inside of the place, lit up by the seven-branched candlesticks and glorious with the presence of God. Brethren, redemption is our honour and delight. In the cross of Christ I glory, towering o'er the wrecks of time. All the light of sacred story gathers round its head sublime. This the first and this the last. The bleeding lamb slain from before the foundation of the world and yet living and reigning when earth's foundations shall dissolve. That blessed Lamb of God is in the midst of the throne, and his people shall all be with him, forever triumphant. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the foundation and the headstone. O Saviour of sinners, glory be to thy name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening, friends. This podcast was brought to you by Premier in association with Spurgeon's College. For more Christian podcasts, sermons, and music, head back to the website premier.plus and sign in for free.